0: Blessed are the peacemakers. What kind of peacemakers? Well, let's talk about that next on Times of Refreshing. Here's the question: Are you a peacemaker? Now, what kind of peace is what we're talking about today here on this edition of Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California? We're looking at a marvelous passage of Scripture here in Matthew 5, verses 1 through 9, where Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, part of the Beatitudes. What kind of peace is he talking about? Well, that's the kind of peace we're looking at Here today on the broadcast. So make it a point to join us with this edition of Times of Refreshing, our teacher and pastor. Once again, here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
1: It says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. This is Jesus. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Look at this. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And this is the verse. Blessed are the peacemakers. Somebody say peacemakers. He says, the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Jesus is here, and, and what Moses theologians would say is he is he is basically giving his first message, public address, and he's laying out what they would call the Beatitudes. And he begins to give us insight into The kingdom of God and then how the kingdom of God looks, how it is expressed, what God is looking for in the character, in the hearts of the people that would that would eventually come to him. This is the characteristic that he's looking for and the blessing that's associated with these characteristics. And he gets down to verse nine and it says, blessed are the peacemakers. And this is what I want to talk to you guys about today, about being peacemakers, because he says this. He says, peacemakers shall be called the sons of God. And in our hearts, I think this is something that we have to long to be. We have to long to be peacemakers in life. And sometimes it's hard because some of us have grown up in situations where we've had a lot of dysfunction. We're not used to peace. We didn't grow up around peace. We weren't around people who, um, that really excelled when it came to, to peace. And so understanding what true biblical peace is and then really seeing it expressed in our lives is sometimes hard to come by because where we grew up, some of us grew up, like myself, I grew up in a single parent home. My dad was not there when I, when I was one years old. He took off, left my mom. Me and my mom grew up in a, I mean, I grew up in a tough situation. My mother doing the best that she could to try to take care of a young kid that was not trying to listen to what she had to say. And growing up with in, in a home where there was a lot of, you know, dysfunction, not just from my home, but also from my extended family. And so I grew up not understanding what manhood was all about, what it really looked like. What was, What does this really look like? What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be obedient to your parents? What does it mean? What does all this stuff mean? So you have a lot of dysfunction. And then as a result of having a lot of dysfunction, there's not a lot of Peace. So, what happens is we grow up in environments like this, we're around stuff like this, and we really haven't really understood what true peace is all about. Uh, What happens to us generally is we think that if I could get another car, more money, a new house, a new spouse, then I would have peace in my life. But true biblical peace goes far, far beyond. Those things, because you can have all those things and still not have peace in your life. True biblical peace, the word for peace that we're going to see um, uh, in, chap- in John chapter 14, we're going to see this, but I want to go ahead and define it now. The-, the word peace is equivalent in the Greek a lot of times to the word shalom in the Hebrew. And this word, peace, from a Greek standpoint, it means that peace of mind. Tranquility arising from reconciliation with God. Somebody say reconciliation. Reconciliation with God. That means that I have been reconciled with God. My relationship is right with God. I have come back into union with God. This is a peace of mind and tranquility that arises from the reconciliation with God. So true peace comes first and foremost by us getting our our lives right with God. Until we get our lives right with God, we cannot really tap into true peace. He says, from reconciliation with God and a sense of divine favor, which creates a rest within your soul. This is true peace. I have been reconciled with God. Now I sense the divine favor or smile over my life. And what does it do? It gives me a a rest, an internal rest in my life, a rest of soul. And whether we would acknowledge it or not, most people, this is what they're really after, is just to have a rest within their soul. Because I don't know about you, I want to have peace of mind. I want to lay down at night and not be thinking about "Ah, all this stuff that's going on. Well, it starts with me being reconciled with God, and then I start to sense God's favor. And I think this is what happens with a lot of people. At some point in time, we have to embrace the fact that if God has forgiven us, then we need to forgive ourselves. Can I have an amen and and, and receive the peace that he's trying to bring, meaning there's a divine favor that you begin to sense in your life that God is happy with me. My relationship with God is right. And if my relationship with God is right, he helps me to properly manage the relationships that are all around me. And I said this last night, you cannot give peace or be a peacemaker if you don't have peace. And there's only way that you can have peace is first being reconciled with God. God begins to give you his divine smile or favor. And then there's a rest that comes to you and I from within. This is something that God wants to give us. He wants to give it. He gives this so that ultimately we could become peacemakers in our lives. There's no way we can become peacemakers if we don't tap into this peace. I have to get my relationship right with God. God begins to favor me, and then I have a sense of God's favor on my life, and peace begins to flow from me. Listen to what Jesus said. Go to John chapter 14. Listen to what he says here in John chapter 14. Because this peace that we're talking about here is not earthly or carnal. Ultimately, it does come from him. It comes from the Lord, and we have to see it as such. That what I'm looking for is going to come from the Lord. It's not going to come from me just having these things in order in my life. It's going to come ultimately from Him because it's a peace that the world does not give. Look what he says here in verse 25. He says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Look what he says, saints. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. He says, do I give to you? And then he says this. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so we see very clearly here that this peace, this word that is equivalent to the Hebrew word shalom, is, comes as a result of the divine reconciliation and the divine favor being re- released. And now I have this, but this is something that he leaves to us, is something that he gives to us. Now, I love this because he says, my peace, I don't know about you, but I want to have The peace that Jesus Christ walked in when he walked upon the face of the earth. He said, this is the peace that I want to give to you. The same peace that he had while he was on the back of the boat and there was all kinds of waves beating against his ship. And he's back on the boat sleeping. That's the kind of peace I want to have. He gets up, rebukes the winds and the waves and the seas. rebukes his disciples, asks them, all oh, you of little faith? It's something, this is the piece that he wants to give us. He was persecuted. He was, he was ridiculed. He was talked about. He was lied on. People were confused concerning his identity. Who is he? Is it Elijah that was to come? Is it John the Baptist? Who is this guy? He was rejected in his own city. He was crucified he was scourged he went through all these things in his life and he turns around and he says my peace i want to give to you through it all there still is a sense of rest that he he exhibited when you look at his life that all of us should have as Christians. Because at the end of the day. What he says here is he says. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Understand that trouble is going to come your way sometimes. Can I have an amen? amen. Sometimes trouble is going to come your way sometimes. But there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. That God wants to give to you. So that in the midst of the storm. You still got an internal rest. Amen. So. And then he says, he says, neither let it be afraid. Sometimes fear is going to come knocking on at your door. But the peace that God comes to give you is not as the world gives. Does he give to you? And so he wants to give us this peace so that it becomes a lifestyle. It becomes a way in which we live. It becomes our mind that when people get around us, they begin to sense peace. It's amazing. The closest, uh, I love it. Saints, listen to me. We got to get around people that are so secure in God's purpose for their lives that they know that nothing's going to happen to them before God says it's time. Nobody was going out that was hanging around Jesus until the Father said it was time. Why? Because he had purpose. He had mission on his life. Well, if you and I carry ourselves like this as Christians, it helps other people to be at rest when they're around us. Listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying here. This is what I'm saying. As Christians, when people get around us, they should get the sense that God's invisible hand is on us. So nothing's going to happen until God says it's going to happen. Amen. That should cause us to have peace and rest when we when we get around people. People should sense this about us. But if we go around, ah, ah, we're gonna die. Wheezy, this the big one. I mean, what kind of peace is that? It's not Wheezy, huh? It's Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> lord thank you thank you lord i can laugh at myself people should get around you and get the sense that that there's a peace about you because i'm reconciled with god god is on my side and god's got his hand on me this becomes a lifestyle It becomes something that other people see. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Jesus displayed this. He rebuked the the, the winds and the waves, and he told his disciples. He helped them to see that you're around someone that has a peace that you don't understand. And this is the peace that he's trying to forge in our lives, and that he is forging in our lives. Amen? Now, how do we tap into this so that ultimately we become peacemakers? We tap into this when we really begin to understand that this is is something that you have to put on. It's something that's come to you by way of the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Jesus Christ said, I'm leaving this with you. I'm giving this to you. But the manifestation of it comes through and by way of the Spirit of God in our lives. He says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. He says in verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, what long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such. There is no law and those who are Christ who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. But the fruit or the manifestation of the Spirit is love, joy, and then he says peace. So I have to understand that if I'm going to have peace in my life, that ultimately it comes from the Lord. We know that, but the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit is forging this within me. So it becomes my lifestyle. It is a fruit or a manifestation of the Spirit's influence in my life. Meaning I don't have to grope for it. I don't have to grope for it. I don't have to, you know, go through this process. And I, and I, and I want to say it Say this to you, saints. We have to get out of striving to make things happen. The manifestation of the Spirit, the art to seeing the, man, the Spirit of God manifest the fruit of the Spirit in your life, has to do with one word, and that is yielding. We have to learn the art of yielding. Yielding to what the Holy Spirit is trying to release in our lives. He's bringing peace so that it becomes a part of your very lifestyle and DNA, your very makeup. It's the fruit of the Spirit of God, is peace. But one of the things that happens is we go through this period of time in our lives sometimes as Christians where we're striving to make ourselves Christians instead of yielding to the process of becoming what God wants you to become. Amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit, he's trying to forge this love, joy, peace. It just begins to become you because of his influence in your life. But we have to learn to yield to the process, meaning the old Napoleon Kaufman has got to die so that the new me can begin to manifest himself through the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. And so this means every day God is going to try to bring peace into your life or manifest manif- manifest peace in your life and instead of us agreeing with the old us we have to learn to yield to the new us when god tells you it's gonna be all right just say it's gonna be all right gotta have an amen god says it's gonna be all right and then we say "I i think it's gonna be all right Maybe it's going to be all right. Well, if somebody does this and does that, well, if she stops getting on my nerves, it's going to be all right. Well, if he stops saying what he's saying, it's going to be all right. Let me come on down in here because I need some amens. It's, if, 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 if he doesn't and she doesn't, then it's going to be all right. Instead of just saying, the Holy Ghost just said it's going to be all right. So you know what that means, Brother Dave? It's going to be all right. Come on, look at somebody and tell them it's going to be all right. That's the Holy Ghost trying to forge peace within our lives. He begins to give us the heavenly perspective. (laughs) We're going to get into this. The heavenly perspective instead of just an earthly perspective. We have to learn to come out of agreement with who we used to be. Jesus is on the back of the boat sleeping. Why? Because it's going to be all right. That's peace. So what happens is we have to learn that the Holy Spirit, he's forging. Stop trying to get something that he's already trying to manifest within you. He brings this to you. Peace comes to you through the influence of the Holy Spirit. He's trying to forge this in you. And so we have to see this. This isn't something that I'm putting on. It's something that I'm allowing to happen. Listen to me. This isn't something that I'm putting. I'm not putting on peace. I'm allowing peace to manifest itself in my life. It makes your Christian walk easier when you learn to yield to God. Can I have an amen? Amen. So this is number one. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. It is the fruit of God's influence and the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. We have to learn to just accept it. Lord, I yield to the influence. I'm going to be a loving person because you've placed love within me through the influence of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be a joyful person because you've placed joy within me through the influence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's go to number two. This is the second way in which we see God begin to forge peace within our lives and how he forges peace. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 on down to 6. Romans 8, verse 1 to 6. It says this in verse 1. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For the law... Of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law, the law of Moses, could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, our old Adamic nature, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, look at this: set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and what peace is life and peace and so one of the things that we have to learn to do as we 're walking with Christ is Is to begin to develop a spiritual mindset. This is point number two. Because the the mind that is set on the flesh produces death. But the mind that is set on the spirit, or we live when we live according to the spirit, understand when we become spiritually minded, that's when it really we really begin to tap into living a life of true biblical life and peace in our lives. We have to embrace this. A lot of times we don't have peace because we have the wrong lens on. We go through this process in our mind, we're so carnal in our thinking that unless we have the stuff or the it or the that then we don't feel like we're measuring up or we have, you know, what we need to really have peace in our life. And I'm not against those things. Those things can bring a sense of peace, but true peace ultimately comes from God. And we got to learn to put our mind on spiritual things. I was telling the fellas last night, one of the things that happens with a lot of people is we listen to this, you know, this saying that has been said over the years. Don't be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good. How many have heard that? Let me tell you that. Let me tell you something. That's not biblical. It's not not in here. You see this? It's it's not in there. Up in here, up in here. It's not in there. Listen. What made Jesus earthly good was he was spiritually-minded. It's not until we truly become spiritually minded that we can become really earthly good. Because if we're not spiritually minded, then we're, and we're minding things of the flesh, things that are just carnal. Then what we tend to do is we tend to abuse the things that God just wants us to use for his glory. Amen. And so what happens is God wants to take us to a place where we set our minds on the things of the Spirit. And that helps us to navigate within this world without getting caught up in the world. Understand, saints, we're just passing through here. All this is going to burn up. It's temporal. It's not eternal. So what we want to do is start working on our eternal things now. It helps us to keep things in proper perspective and to really enjoy things in life.
0: And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us. Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there as well as our online store, and you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on his truths during this time and remembering that God is in control, and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.